0: I'm not pulling out of my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another Drive to Work Coronavirus edition. Okay, I've been doing lots of interviews while I've been at home, and today continues with another awesome interview. Today, I have Rachel Agnes.
1: Hi, Mark. Yeah, hopefully I can live up to another awesome interview. I certainly (laughs) hope so.
0: (laughs) Okay, so the, the question I've been asking everybody to start with is, how did you get into magic?
1: Great. Yeah. So this is phenomenal. Actually, I have a fun little uh, tidbit. Just recently, as in a few days ago, I got a little pop-up on my Facebook, um, be, in my Facebook memories, if that makes sense, uh, where it actually reminded me of the exact day, literally the exact day that I learned how to play magic, and it was nine years ago, um, and I learned how to play magic, um, I had, I'm from Southern California, I had just moved to San Diego, and I didn't know anyone, I knew like four people in the entire city, And my roommate suggested that I come to play board game night with their friends. And since I didn't know anyone and I needed friends, I thought it would be a a great opportunity. And when I got there, uh, they were actually, they were playing Magic. And they asked if while we waited um, to play the board game, if I wanted to sit down and learn how to play. And the two decks that they were playing uh, were an Infect deck. and And then the other deck was a, I mean, a Jace. Blue-white control deck, Stoneforge Mystic, really phenomenal, super powerful deck. And it's kind of funny because the two things that I love most about magic now is blue-white control and Phyrexians and (laughs) Phyrexian (laughs) mana. So maybe in my formative years when I learned how to play magic, that was really important. Um, And the rest is sort of history. I I learned how to play then. I was obviously very bad, as you normally are when you first learn how to play magic. And I, but I, I, loved it, and I immediately was, how can I be the best at this? How can I play so much of this that I can beat everyone else?
0: <laughs> so, what was your first set?
1: So, my first set that I started playing with was Innistrad.
0: Innistrad, okay, original, original Innistrad.
1: Original Innistrad, yes.
0: Okay, yeah. so, how, okay, so where, where did you so you started playing? So, what, what, what? How did you advance as, as a Magic player?
1: Yeah, so I started playing, um, like I said, that's how I learned. And then that group of friends, I started hanging out with them more and we would go to our local game stores and we would draft and I had no idea what I was doing and I hate not knowing what I'm doing so then I started getting on the Internet and like reading about how to be better at magic and how can I draft and how can I build decks and and truly um, something that that is important to me is like a competitive. I have a competitive. I need a competitive outlet in my life. And magic sort of gave me that like it gave me this thing that I can learn so much about and and continue to get better at. Um, and that's sort of where where it took me. And then I became really close with like certain stores in the area and like would work at PTqs for them and things like that
0: okay so uh, and at some point so you said you drafted a lot
1: yes yeah so that's what I first start that's what I first started doing and then I got really into standard and really into eternal formats um, and then I started writing um, articles for eternal formats specifically for vintage um, and then I was lucky enough to be on the VSL and then um, I kind of, I, I just, I felt the need to continue, to continue branching out more and more and more. And the next big thing for me was that I sat down and I played Commander. And Commander just had a like really spoke to me because I could build whatever deck that I wanted, and I can pers- and I could personalize it, and I can, I could make a really good deck. Um, but it still felt like mine rather than, than you know, just pulling a deck off the internet. And, um, I, I asked, I, as I started getting into, into commander, one of the things that I wrote, I wrote out in the world was, Hey, I really want to start an article series about commander as I learn it. And as I know more, I feel like I have a really big value add from the area in which I came from, which is wanting to be competitive. Um, but also understanding the fun element of commander. And I started writing, um, a, a a commander series articles, um, which got me playing more and more and more of the format.
0: Okay, and so eventually, what happens? What's the the end of this commander story?
1: Yeah, so, well,
0: it's not over. It's not not over, sorry. So far, up to to now. Yeah,
1: Um, so one of the things that I've been really lucky and where that has led me is playing, um, you know, playing a lot with playing a lot of commander writing articles for commander was i was asked to be a member of the CAG which is the commander advisory group um and they work alongside the RC they advise the RC on things in the in the commander community that they see um thing, things that people would like or don't or don't or would not want to like or what don't is, like uh, and what is uh, the RC
0: so- for people that might not know what the RC is
1: Oh, yeah. So the RC is the rules committee. So they um, are the arbiters of commander. So they decide like the ban list and the rules. And if there's ever going to be a change in anything, they are the ones who decide that. So they're kind of the fathers of commander.
0: (laughs) Okay, so you got very involved. So it sounds like you got more and more involved in the community as time went along.
1: That's definitely 100% true. Um, I, I personally view myself as I I, like a student of the game it and what I mean by that is I truly love like all aspects of magic not just one so like I really love the competitive element and I really love the fun element of like commander and the more casual and I love the art on the cards um and I love like the collecting aspect and you know having like a ton of like really nice cards and foils and like unique stuff um I love like collecting like beanies uh, like magic beanies and stuff so I I really love all of magic but the reality is is what has kept me playing for nine years is the community right like is um all of the amazing like friends that i have made along the way that are some of my best friends and all of the places that i've been able to go and and, and stuff so as i as i played more magic i've just become more and more and more involved in the community for sure okay so how did
0: you go from magic fangirl to wizard's employee
1: <laughs> magic fangirl i like that i'm gonna use that <laughs> Um, yeah, so I um, have so I have a, a bachelor's degree and I also have a master's and I was working in Southern California as a marketing analyst at the time and I saw an open position for an esports community manager at Wizards and I took the position even though I wasn't sure or I applied for the position and I was lucky enough to, to get it and um, And I I moved up to Seattle on like very little time, like I'm talking like a three week turnaround, um, not knowing exactly what that position was gonna be or what that position was gonna hold for me. Um, I moved up, I loved it, I loved working at Wizard. And then there was an opening for another position, which is a brand manager for for Magic. And it was a really great fit for me. So I applied and I I, uh, was able to get it. And that's what I currently work doing. because i had experience in marketing i had uh both like education wise and actual like lived experience in marketing but i also have a lot of experience in magic and that's that's a cool those are two very important things in being a brand manager for magic
0: okay so one of the reasons i've been doing these podcasts especially with wizards folk is um I believe there's this illusion like I and three of my friends somehow make magic when in fact there's hundreds (laughs) and hundreds of people that make magic. And so I'm trying to expose people to a lot of different roles. So you are a brand manager. What does that mean? What do you do?
1: Yeah. So a brand manager is sort of a a Jill of all trades, if you can if you can think of it that way. So what I do is I sort of oversee a lot of our marketing campaigns. So, for example, I'm involved in like the really cool Zendikar launch that we just had that you hopefully just saw a few weeks ago. Now, when this is coming out um, with the trailer and the launch video and all of the announcements, Um, I try to help make that happen. Um, So I try to to market Magic both to our core audience and and other people as well. So I it's it's a lot of touching a little different thing, a bunch of different things, but it's really about kind of like that moment of taking the product that um, you know Studio has created and figuring out the best way to bring it to our players and bring that joy
0: to everybody. I want to dive deep on, on, we're going to use Zendikar Rising as our example, since that's the most recent set. So I just want to sort of walk people through, because I, I I have some sense of this scope, but I don't think most of our listeners do. Um, okay, so we've made Zendikar Rising, it got designed, it, it, it got play tested. it got edited, they made packaging. Anyway, it's, when do you get involved? When, when do you, when do you, when's the first thing you do on, on, on Zendikar Rising, let's say?
1: Yeah, so I don't actually touch making the product in any way. Uh, the product, when it gets to me and what and the stuff that I do, the product is already made and ready to go. The set has been designed. Um, you know, phenomenal packaging has been chosen for it, etc. Um, I get it before it actually goes out the door to our consumers. Um, and we, like for example, I work I I work in conjunction with many many other people on things like the preview plan and things like um, the assets that go out with the set, um, how we talk about the set, when we talk about the set. I'm not the arbiter of all those things, but I'm involved in in those things.
0: So real quickly, uh, just because you're using some terminology the audience might not know. So when you say (laughs) an asset, what is an asset? What does that mean?
1: Like a graphic, like a little picture that you might see on social media or you might see like as an ad for magic.
0: Right. So one of the things that happens is, uh, okay, it's time. The set's going to come. Like how much you get involved? How long before the set comes out?
1: I would say we generally start planning and we generally need to start planning a few, 6 7 months before. A
0: okay. Goes. So we, we we come to you and say, "Okay, Zendikar rising's all done. I mean, it's made. We, yeah. we know, you know, okay. Now what what are you going to do? What what what, what did you need to do with Zendikar rising?" So you have the set. Okay. So you're what are you figuring out exactly?
1: We're figuring out when we're talking about the set, who like we're figuring out when we're telling people about the set, when we're revealing packaging, when we're starting previews, what those previews are, how do they, how do those previews go? Um Like, h- how are we just dis- sending them out? We're figuring out like, what, how are we, are we going to have a launch video or um the trailers or all of those things? When do we release those? What do we release before those? What do we release after those? All of that, like the entire picture, like everything that you see touches the people that i work with i don't do all of that i'm one piece of that
0: right okay so i, I just want to take some component pieces so we can do, uh, <laughs> i'm trying to dig in deep here so people can see all the stuff that goes on. so let's take the the trailer as an example yeah okay so how much before the set coming out did like how long does a trailer
1: take to make trailer take a trailers take a long time to make that's our longest um that is the longest thing they would take the year okay a about year. a
0: year okay I mean, so um, now, one of the things, like, for Zendika Rising is... Uh, and I, I, are you involved in sort of, like, what the messaging of it is?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yes. I mean, hopefully the messaging is dictated by the product, right? Like, we, we would not need to find, like, a nice balance, but yeah, absolutely. Okay. So things like the taglines and things like the copy that you see, yeah.
0: And so what happens is there's a team that makes it. You're not making the trailer. But you need to check in from time to time to make sure that they're not going astray from the message, right?
1: Yes, exactly. Um, A lot of my job is is not super glamorous. Like, it's about, hey, how many cutdowns of the trailer do we need? Well, we need to have the full trailer, but you also need 30-second cutdowns that you can play in in these areas. And, and, you know, this type of – this region needs this, like – Type of type of trailer and those types of things. So there's a lot of like little glamorous work that's probably not super exciting to the audience, but it's all things that go into making magic be accessible to everyone across the world.
0: Right. So and once again, I'm just I'm just staying on the trailer here, so we can talk about all the things (laughs) the trailer do. Okay. So first off, you have to make sure they stay on message. Make sure that whatever the message we're trying to sell is that the trailer is matching the message, and -hmm. then. How is it getting used? And like you're saying, um, the trailer gets used in many different places. It's not just like, yes, the full cut trailer will probably be on YouTube or whatever. But, you know, there's small versions of it that different markets might need. That's a 30 second or, you know, you have to figure out all the different ways it's getting used.
1: Yep, exactly. Yeah, all, all of that very unfun stuff that is like the, the little things like making sure you have localized end cards so that or, or making sure you have the trailer has burned in, um, you know, asset or burned in, uh, subtitles for different languages if there's talking in it and all of those types of um, not super fun things, but things that that need to be done so that everyone can enjoy it. And I do want to highlight again, I'm not the only person who does this. We have many 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 teams who work who work on the marketing campaigns for all of our sets
0: okay so for Zendikar, you did the trailer okay also what else is there like what else did Zendikar rising have to do
1: yeah so a ton so um the preview plan that you see happens and again this is this is um a concerted effort Um, for the entire marketing organization works on those things. Um, The trailer, the video that you saw after the trailer. So um, the Zendocar launch video where we previewed a bunch of cards and we talked about the 2021 um, announcement coming up that we all work on that in the marketing organization, um, paid media, for example, we work on, we just work on all, everything that you see about Zendikar touches the marketing organization in some way.
0: So real quickly, I, I love diving into stuff. Paid, what does that mean, paid advertising? <laughs> what does that mean?
1: It's just, you know, when you see, if you see like a little something for Zendikar Rising so that we can make sure that people know that the set is coming out, for example. Basically, anything that you see, like social media, that is what the marketing organization works on. Anything that you see outside about um, Zendikar Rising or any other set.
0: Right, and that what happens with every set, we can talk about Zendikar Rising, is there's some central focus, right? There's some we're trying to get the audience excited, so it's, we have to focus what we're saying. It's about something, right? That there's some... Yeah. Um, so what? Talk, let's talk a little about Zendika Rising. What was Zendika Rising about? What, what, were, what was the focus we were trying to do?
1: Yeah, so... It, Ultimately, um, you know, we partner with like people like you, Maro, and the product team to figure out what is the rea- like, what is the set, what is the exciting thing about the set, and what was the purpose of the set. And one of the important things for us in messaging was that we wanted to make sure that everyone knew that this was a true return to Zendikar, and it it was a true return to that adventure. Um, adventure feeling of the original Zendikar before Battle for Zendikar. So that those, that feeling of adventure and excitement in the party and those, we really look to create things that, that highlight that uh, aspect of the set.
0: So what is some things that you do that you don't think anybody is aware that somebody even does?
1: Um, <laughs> Uh, so I think I think the most important thing um, is that I work with so many teams and I work with so many uh, we call them channels I work with so many teams that do everything that you can't um, imagine. so for example, I work with the web team and the web team creates all of our product pages but all of our product pages need to be localized in all of our languages and that's a huge. Like that, that right there is one huge thing that takes forever to do. Um, you know, through everything like that, I work with the social media and the community team to be able to create cool activations, and I work with all of our regional teams to make sure they have the things that they need. Um, the reality is, is there is a ton of stuff that goes that goes on um, for every single um, for every single um, set that comes out
0: yeah, you, you hit on something that's also really important is we're a global brand. Yes. Um, Magic is put out in 11 languages. Um, mm-hmm. And how, how many markets do we have? <laughs> how many markets T- do we have? <laughs> a, a lot. <laughs> um, and so one of the things that's interesting is like you're saying is it's not just that you have to plan the release here in the United States. There's right. releases in, in almost every continent. I could say Antarctica, but um, – and then that – Right, each one of them. There's different languages in different places, and different, uh, different venues to require different um, assets, as you will. Um, <laughs> and like, I one of the things that's funny is I think when people see what they see, like whatever marketing we, whatever you're seeing that whoever's listening to this, you're just one person in one market, and so there's a lot of balls in the air.
1: Yeah, for sure. And like, for example, we have regional teams that are in all of those areas that we work with to make sure that they have the things that they need and they have their own, um, you know, marketing plans that they execute on for every single um, campaign. You touched on something that's really, that I think is really um, poignant, which is a lot of times what the audience ends up seeing or our players end up seeing is the finished product, which is awesome. That's what we want them to see. Uh, But so much time and effort goes into all of those things. So as an example, the launch video that we, that we, recently had for Zendikar Rising with Becca and Jimmy, and we previewed a ton of cards. to be able to have that done, you know, we have to work with someone, we have to create a set, we have to figure out what we're going to put in that set, we have to figure out what are the things that we want to talk about, what are the most important things that our players are going to want to know, what's going to excite our players, um, what are they going to care about, um, those types of things. And then we have to film it. And then after we film it, that's, that's, that's like right there, like two days, three days of, of, of going back and forth, especially in COVID and working from home world. It's even longer, um, and we have to do all these weird hoops. So then we have to film it, and then we have to cut it down, and then we have to go back and forth, and then we have to, there's so much that even goes into just that. Um, and hopefully if, if everyone gets a chance to see it, there's like a portion where we have a behind the scenes that gives a little bit of a clue into what all of the work that goes into that. But that is just hours and hours of so many people's time to make that come to reality for our players.
0: So, so let's take the, the, the video that we did how many different versions of them like, how many different versions did you see
1: i saw i think by the end so the fir- the the before we actually filmed we hit 17 versions about 17 versions of what we were going to say and how we were going to say it and who was going to say it etc the script basically, um, and ha- yes the script basically but we don't follow the script a hundred percent it's it, but um, so we have like 70 versions of that and then we have the the actual video by the t- by the time it was finished, probably about nine or 10 cuts we, we've seen, which means I get to see it. Uh, you know, other people get to see it, We all get to see it and make, make sure that we have like appropriate notes and we're, and we're being, and we're making the best video for our players that we possibly can. Um, so you can imagine the, <laughs> the back and forth and all the fun stuff.
0: And while this is going on, for example, that's just that video, the trailer is going on. And you're see how many cuts of the trailer and... Yeah,
1: exactly. 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 Yeah. So there's a ton of other things. So brand manager kind of it touches all of those things, if that makes sense, and make sure that everything is on rails, make sure that everything is going in the right direction.
0: <laughs> now, are you also... Uh, we, we've been talking a lot about sort of the videos and, you know, but... Um, there's a lot of different kinds of advertising that go on. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about, like, when you market a set, where, how many different venues are you marketing on?
1: Just so many, especially when you consider... It, it's almost like, uh, like it, it's hard to actually qualify and quantify um there are so many and like every region is also different and the needs are of each region are different um but the most important thing is that we always try to look back and say like hey where are our players and and where can we um make sure we we put a lot of effort into into where they're they're going to come across things where they're going to see things and what's going to make them happy essentially
0: okay and here's another interesting aspect of this um so, not only do we make stuff, we obviously make trailers and this and that, but another big part of marketing is, especially in this day and age with, with the internet and such, <clears throat> is we have, a, we have a whole community, right? And yeah. we want, we not only do we want to market it, but we want to enable our community to market it. So, let's talk a little bit mm-hmm. about how does that happen.
1: Yeah, so, I mean... Uh- I think essentially, so previews are, are a good opportunity for that, or a good thing that we do do with that. And I think, um, you know, my biggest thing, like if I step away from all of the really sort of boring and nitty gritty stuff that I'm talking about, I think the coolest opportunity that I have, and the thing that makes me really excited to get up every day and work with magic is, I want to make magic players feel super, like unapologetic. I want magic players to to feel like magic is so cool because it truly is. Um, and I feel like if we do a good job of, of just giving our players what they want and and um, providing them with like really high quality stuff that they can get super excited about, they then get super excited and they want to talk about magic and they want to make content about magic. Um, and I think that's the that's the best relationship is us being able to really excite them with all of the cool stuff that we do and make them feel like so ready and excited to want to play Magic and and talk about Zendikar or whatever other set.
0: Okay, so we talked video, we talked um the (laughs) the the um trailer, we talked about um doing previews. Oh actually we did we did let's get into previews a little bit we didn't talk too much previews. So what is the essence of a good preview season?
1: Well, that's I think that that is dependent on the set Um, and I do want to highlight I don't own previews by any means that's definitely like another team, but I work with them on like certain things that I need for like the debut video or certain big beats in in marketing that we're looking for right Um, and those types of things. So, but I think what makes a good preview season is, um, you know, just being able to hit like get get people previews that really like resonate with them and get um, different outlets previews that make sense. I think the rest is is I think it's different per per set.
0: So here I'm gonna use a little metaphor. I, I like metaphors. Um, so <laughs> one of the things that I think a brand manager is kind of like is a conductor. In the sense that you have this, all the teams are all the musicians playing all their instruments. And it's, it's not that you're playing any instrument, but you are sort of understanding the strength of all the instruments and making sure they're all playing together so that there's a unified sort of message through the, you know, Zendikar Rising's coming out and everybody's sort of saying the same thing so that it all sounds like one big message rather than lots of little messages.
1: Exactly. Like hopefully what I'm talking, when I'm talking about all of the different things, they all have subject matter experts that, that do those individual things, right? Like we have an, we have a team that is phenomenal, like a creative team that's phenomenal for the videos. We have a, a social and community team that, that manages that, but you're right. Like a brand manager has to be able to oversee it all and make sure we're all, we're, we're all in tone. You're a hundred percent correct in that.
0: Now, the, one of the things about Magic, which, which I'm curious, I mean, something I enjoy, but I'm curious from you, is <laughs> every set is just really different. So, marketing Ikoria is very different from marketing Theros Beyond Death, which is very different from marketing um, Throne of Eldraine, which is very different from Zendikar Rising. Um, do you enjoy the fact that every set's so radically different, or is, that, is there challenges to that?
1: I mean, there's definitely challenges, um, of course, um, because it's not as formulaic as you, you know, would make it a little bit easier, but, um, ultimately that's something that I'm obviously very excited about, right? Like being able to, to move on to the next set and think about like, what's unique about it and what are our fans really going to love about it? And what is the most important thing? Like, obviously there's a thousand things you could say about a set at any given time, right? Like there's so many, like. And being able to find, like, the the core thing that's just, A, true to the set, and B, really going to excite our players is so exciting. And if you didn't have different sets, it would become boring very fast.
0: (laughs) So what, uh, do you have any, so all the sets you've worked on, I mean, you've been there, you've been there a year?
1: Uh, Yeah, so I've worked at Wizards for about a year, a little over a year now.
0: So what is your favorite story of working at Wizards?
1: My favorite story of working at Wizards. Wow. I I you know, I, I feel like I'm a little bit um I feel like I'm a little bit biased because it just happened, so but that's okay. Um I just um, Zendikar Rising. When we launched Zendikar Rising, and what I mean by launch is we had you know preview started, uh, we had the trailer go out to our players, a trailer for Zendikar Rising, and we had the 2021 um, creative slate announcement um, that went out. I think I've never been so happy um, <laughs> as that day because being able to to truly see the community respond so well and just to just see how excited and how happy they were and and just see true like excitement for next year and for Zendikar Rising and for everything was so amazing because honestly, um, what I wish people could see more is how many people worked on that and how many people put in so many hours to be able to bring that to them um, and to be able to make that happen and, for them. And we inside Wizards, we're, we're currently all working from home, right? So, mm-hmm. um, we had to do it 100% remotely, which is so difficult to be able to, to coordinate something of that, of that scale 100% remotely. And we just were all in this, this teams chat together and to see how excited everybody who I worked with was to see how happy everyone was about that is just honestly like one of the most touching, one of the most touching moments because a lot of those people pulled long hours to make that happen. They pulled like working on the weekends for certain things and then to be able to see it pay off and to see our, our community get really excited is like something I think you can't really put into words.
0: Yeah, Well, the other thing for the audience to understand is we spent so much time, like, it's funny, you're talking about Zendikar Rising and like, I stopped working on Zendikar Rising about a year before you started working at Wizards. And so it's
1: very, it's so it's so odd uh, in my organization because um, that's something that people also might not know is when it gets to me and I'm working on it, the people that that actually worked on it and made it happen, they they haven't worked on this set in years. So I'm coming to them and asking them and they're and they're like having to deal with all of my questions about like, what do you you know, what about this and what about that? And they're like, well, hold on. I need to to like bring myself to two years ago.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. I, uh, when I write my article, the first thing, I always introduce my team when I write my mm-hmm. article and I always start to go, okay, who is my team again? Because <laughs> I've had like eight teams since then and so it's like, I just try to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so, so anyway, we are, I, I'm almost to work here. Um, so as we, <laughs> as we wrap up, um, I, I want to talk a little, a little cryptically, obviously we can't say anything in specific, but a little cryptically about the future. How excited are you for the future of magic?
1: I am so insanely excited. And I, I'm I'm truly not just saying that. Some of the stuff that I've been excited excited about and have had to hold had to hold in for for you know months is now out with the with the latest announcement. Like for example, the old border cards. I have just been dying to tell people about that <laughs> forever. But the the craziest thing is is I see how the community is reacting to 2021 and how excited they are about like what we're bringing. And what's insane to me is knowing what's coming after that and knowing that it is going to be a phenomenal encore that it's like, cause it almost feels like, it almost feels like, wow, how can you top
0: 2021? Yeah. No, it, it's funny it, that it, it, it is, <laughs> I, I uh I think that the next year's slate is just one of the best slates we've ever done, and the year after might be even better. It, it's We're really okay. sort of just ramping up, so it's uh, it's exciting. Yeah, there's,
1: there's some super, 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 super exciting things that if I was a Magic player, like I would hold on to my hat, like 100%, because it is going to be a roller coaster. Yeah, it's funny.
0: Every once in a while, we'll announce something, they're like, how did you hold that in for so long? I'm like, well, it's hard. <laughs> Oh, anyway, okay, so it looks like uh, I've made it to my desk. Um, so, I, any any final thoughts before we, uh, I, I bid you adieu for the day?
1: Nope, I just want to say, like, ultimately the coolest thing about working at Wizards is that it, it is truly sort of my dream job, and the cool beyond that, so many people that I work with, it's their dream job too. And we often have like multiple times in in meetings and things like that where we ask ourselves, like, "Well, what about the player? Like, what would they want?" And um, I just I just want to bring it back to like the fact that that the community is so important, and um, it will it will remain important to us.
0: Okay, that's very good. So anyway, guys, <laughs> okay. I'm now at my desk. So we all know what that means mean, this is the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. So I, I want to thank Rachel for being with us.
1: Yay. Thank you very much for listening.
0: And guys, I will see you all next time. Bye-bye.